Before we get to this week's episode, we've got a few things to take care of. First, we want to let you know that our audio course is finally out on Himalaya Learning. The Wildlife of Your Home pod course is a 10-episode series that will train you to become an indoor wildlife investigator, a rare kind of scientist. You'll learn about ecosystems by discovering the unknown creatures you wake up with every day. It's available right now on learning.himalaya.com tumble. If you enroll now, you'll get a free 14-day trial on the Himalaya Learning platform. And next, we got some new patrons to thank. Roland, Bridger, happy belated birthday on August 2nd, Bridger. Your dad loves you and loves all the adventures you go on. Isaac and Aurora Lang, Ian Skinner, Aaron, Holly, and Charlotte. And Charlotte, happy birthday on August 15th. Keep learning and asking questions. Your mommy loves you. And also Cleo Chan Testa. Keep learning and shining, and happy birthday on August 21st. There are also some more not-new patrons with birthdays coming up. Persephone Schmitter, happy birthday on August 14th. Leo Liked Gould, happy birthday on August 15th. Your parents love you and are so grateful for you. Catherine, happy birthday on August 16th. Emma Kay, happy birthday on August 21st. Mom and Dad are always so proud of you. Julian Butel, happy birthday on August 21st. Thanks to all of you and to everyone who supports Tumble on Patreon. If you'd like to get a shout-out like these people, or get a happy birthday wish from yours truly on our podcast, just go to patreon.com slash tumblepodcast and pledge at the $5 level or higher. Once again, that's patreon.com slash tumblepodcast. The polls are closed, the votes are in, and the decision is made. I will be writing a song about the planets in our solar system. Thanks to everyone who voted for what Marshall should sing about on our Patreon page. I'm really excited to see how this song turns out. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I'm also very curious. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be interesting. Planets. Venus, it's a planet. Venus, it's a planet. I think that's... All right, we've got work to do. I I got a lot of work to do. All right. We'd also like to thank our brand new patrons on Patreon. Samira Turnage from Hamden, Connecticut. Olivia and Sarah Fonts from San Clemente, California. Ace Acosta from Wendell, North Carolina. Sam and Molly from Newberry, Massachusetts. Ms. A's third grade class from New Orleans. And Miss Warren's kindergarten class. If you'd like to join these awesome people, pledge on patreon.com slash tumblepodcast. Every donation helps us make new episodes and dream up great things for the future. And you'll get awesome rewards like an ad-free version of the podcast and special opportunities to be on the show like the kids you'll be hearing today. Plus, you can get a super soft tumble t-shirt like the one I'm wearing right now, and it is super soft. We've been hearing from teachers about the amazingly creative way that they're using Tumble in the classroom, and it just makes our day every day. So send in your story to tumblepodcast at gmail.com because we want to hear it. And from kids, we want your science questions. Yes, please. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery. Today, we're talking about cats. They aren't just good at the internet and tearing up your couch. They have a special ability to turn in midair as they fall to land on their feet. 
Flipping cats are a physics conundrum that scientists spent a hundred years puzzling out, and we're going to find out why. We know a lot of our listeners know and love cats, and uh, some of you even allow them to sleep in your houses. Cat lovers among us will be very aware of this common kitty move that created a scientific mystery. Our listener Jillian, who has four, yes, four cats, is going to describe it for us. Well, our cat named Neo, we pick him up sometimes and when he wants down, he kind of scratches and wiggles and then he flops in the air when you let him go and then he drops on his feet. So no matter what you do, cats always land on their feet. It's because they're little demons. (laughs) Whether they're falling from your arms or a table they're not supposed to be on, if a cat is falling with its back towards the ground, it will flip over to land on its feet. Our listener Paloma has seen her cat do it. My mom dropped Patas so I could see him flip. He flipped very quickly right side up. He didn't seem bothered at all. Well, how did he do it? Our listeners Amelia and Camilla have some theories about how cats do it. They're really light, so they can flip over in three seconds or less. I think cats don't fall on their backs because they can control their senses and abilities so they can flip their head, then tail, then body. So Amelia and Camilla think it might have something to do with how cats can control their bodies, just like they can control their owners' minds. (laughs) Well, we're going to find out if they're right with help from Greg Gaber, a professor of physics at the University of North Carolina in Charlotte. Cat turning was the original term that was used in the mid-1800s to describe it. Greg has a few cats, and he also skydives. So naturally, he got super curious about how cats turn in the air. One day I happened across notes talking about this sort of long history of people studying the physics of dropping cats, and I got really intrigued by it. That is intriguing, but we know that cats can do it, so why is it a big deal? Why would scientists get obsessed with finding out how? It's because it seems like cats shouldn't be able to do it. (laughs) Of course they shouldn't. They're evil little monsters. (laughs) All right, calm down, Marshall. Okay. We're not even at the end of the episode. (laughs) But they're also so cute. (laughs) They are cute. Well, scientists thought cats were actually defying the laws of physics. Things can't spontaneously start rotating or spinning in space. And if something rotates one direction, there has to be something counter-rotating the other direction. And if you, for instance, if you sit in an office chair that can spin, if you twist your upper body to the left, say, the chair is going to rotate a bit to the right. That's conservation of angular momentum, that there's this equal and opposite reaction to any rotation action. The very fancy sounding conservation of angular momentum is one of Isaac Newton's fundamental laws of physics. That means everything in the universe should operate according to it, even cats. Even cats, those famous little rule breakers. (laughs) But cats aren't on an office chair. They're just randomly twisting around in midair, and then they're suddenly able to stop their twist without any other force acting on them. How do they do it? It's cat magic. 
Well, what if you tried spraying them with the water in the middle of the twist? Would they stop doing it? Like, no snowflake, no violating the laws of physics. No. (laughs) So how does the cat start flipping in the first place? Well, that's exactly where Snowflake was stumping scientists. <laughs> if you drop a cat in free fall and it, it's just falling at rest, it's not already spinning, then how does it manage to, when it's not spinning, manage to get this net rotation? Because it seems like it violates this conservation of angular momentum. That's why in the 1800s, scientists put serious effort into solving the cat turning problem. So what did scientists think was going on? One common theory was that the cat was actually pushing off the hand of the person dropping it. Well, that would make sense. Pushing off the hand would give the cat the momentum to start turning. But many people said that there was no way that the cat could be pushing off the hands if the hands were holding their feet. They insisted that the cat was in free fall. Well, if you watch a cat fall in real life, it really moves too fast to see what's happening. Yeah, it's very, very fast. And that's why it took the development of a very special scientific tool to blow the cat case open. (laughs) Like treats. (laughs) (laughs) Like, listen, cat, we give you the treat. You tell us how you flip. No, it's not treats. It's photography. Before the 1890s, scientists were interested in studying how animals move, how they get around. They had to rely on what they could see. But, you know, a running animal, flying animal, can move much faster than the human eye can detect things. So a lot of the time, scientists were really just sort of guessing. And the famous example is how a horse gallops. So how a horse gallops was a scientific mystery, too? There was a long debate in the 1800s between different scientists about whether a horse's feet all completely leave the ground when it's galloping or not or whether it always has a couple of feet on the ground. And that was only resolved in somewhere around the 1870s by a photographer named Moybridge, who took these high-speed photographs and showed, no, the horse has all four feet off the ground at the same time. So it's funny, we think of photography now as being everywhere, because it is, but, you know, back then it was this huge breakthrough. Yeah, it's actually a huge tool for discovery. So given that cats are naturals on camera, I'm guessing it wasn't too long before somebody decided to take photos of them flipping. The first um, high-speed photographs of a cat flipping over, they were done by a Frenchman named Etienne Jules Marais. These photos, which you can see on our website, are really cool. They're a black and white timeline of a cat flipping. And in 1894, Marais made a film of the experiment. It's what you could call the first ever cat video. The second one was when he put his hands under the cat's arms and made it look like it was playing the piano. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the earliest ancestor of the viral cat video (laughs) was an image of cat flipping. So those photos ended the debate, right? Not exactly. He presented his results to the scientific community in about 1893 And the immediate reaction was almost outrage. Fortunately, scientists weren't outraged by cat pictures for too long because scientists love a puzzle. And with these photos, they finally had some clues. (laughs) And I guess the cats still weren't talking. More treats, please. (laughs) So how long did it take to prove that cats can't defy nature? 
Well, after Murray published his photos, it was still 75 years before physicists were able to crack the case in 1969. Wow, really? So the same year they landed a man on the moon, they also discovered how cats land on their feet. It was two major landings in 1969. One didn't have quite the publicity of the other, but was still significant. <laughs> the moon landing you're talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're about to pull back the curtain on the cat magic. First, you can see from Mary's photos that the cat makes a V-shape with its body. Now the cat can rotate its upper and lower bodies in opposite directions. And it can do that 180 degrees and open up again, and it'll be right side up. The cat's spine is so flexible, when it's in the V-shape, it can move its body in two different directions, rotating against itself. So instead of flipping over all of its body in one roll, the cat turns its front legs one way and its back legs the other. At the same time, the cat pulls its front legs in and stretches its back legs out. This helps the front body start spinning more quickly than the back, according to the law of conservation of angular momentum. Then when the front legs are in the right position underneath its shoulders, the cat quickly pulls in its back legs so they can rotate in line with the front. All it needs to do now is brace for impact. Then scamper off like it didn't just mystify scientists for a hundred years. Yep, exactly. So now we can rest easy knowing that cats aren't above the laws of physics like they are above all of us. (laughs) Camilla and Amelia had part of the answer. Cats are very flexible, and they have incredible control of their bodies. So now that we know the answer, can we learn to flip like cats? Actually, NASA had that idea. In the early days of the space program, I think in the 1950s and 60s, NASA was interested in figuring out how a cat can flip over and free fall just because it's a very valuable skill for an astronaut in a weightless environment to be able to do as well, to be able to say, hey, I'm stuck facing this wall and I can't touch anything, so I want to flip over and face the other wall. How do I do it? There's a video of NASA flipping cats in zero gravity, and it's seriously one of my favorite things on the (laughs) internet. So Greg says that stories like the cat flipping debate are why he likes to write about the history of science in addition to his regular job as a scientist. When we're taught science, we're often just taught that there's a right answer and that people didn't know the answer and then one day somebody figured out the right answer. But when you actually look at the history of science, you see it's this process of exploration, this process of testing different ideas and seeing which ones work and which ones don't work. That's the way science is done. We keep trying different ideas until we find one that fits the available data. Okay, so we want to give you a listener challenge. Can you play with the law of conservation of angular momentum? Try it out next time you're on a playground spinny thing or, you know, whatever you call those things. I don't know, merry-go-rounds, spinny cups. What happens when you reach out your arms or your legs? Do you go faster or slower? Try it. (laughs) 
Thanks today to Jillian, Paloma, Camilla, and Amelia for sending in their cat stories and theories. Thanks to Greg Gaber, Associate Professor of Physics specializing in optical science at UNC Charlotte for talking to us. You can read his blog, Skulls in the Stars, to read more about cat flipping and other interestingness on physics, history, and math. We'll have a link on our website, tumblepodcast.com. We have educational materials to go along with this episode on our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash tumblepodcast, where you can also find an ad-free version of our show. And if you happen to be on iTunes, don't forget to leave us a review. Our intern is Andrea Gonzalez. Sarah Lentz is our associate producer, and she wrote this show. I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I produce this show. I'm Marshall Escamilla, and I made all the music. And don't forget to tune in next time for more stories of science discovery.